Imagine what it'd be like if we were really curious about each other. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Relational Spirituality, the weekly podcast of LargerStory.com, the podcast that sees all relationships as spiritual and all spiritual formation as relational. Now, here's your host for this week, Roseanne Moore. Hi, Larger Story friends. I'm Roseanne Moore, your host today with the Relational Spirituality Podcast. This week, instead of having a guest, I just want to share a few things that have been on my heart as we begin this quarterly deep dive into Dr. Larry Crabb's book, Soul Talk. It happens to be, it's always been one of my favorite books by him. And and lately, I've had some things going on in the last two months that brought home to me again how important it is that we engage one another when we're having conversations, that we be present to what the Holy Spirit is doing and conscious of the power of our words, either to stir life or to miss opportunities by being self-focused. And so I just, I had a few thoughts. It's at the beginning of the book, Soul Talk, Larry starts by sharing his initial diagnosis with cancer. And, and of course, he it ended up being a 25-year battle for him. But when that first medical report came back concerning and he was facing surgery, he didn't know what the journey ahead was going to look like. And he very honestly, very transparently describes the wrestling that took place within his own heart the anger, the grief, the denial, the resentment, the demand, the bargaining, all the things that rose up within him. And I think it was a good reminder to me that grief is a normal response to the fact that we were made for a perfect world. We were made for a world that hadn't been marred by sin. And we live in a world that has been marred by sin. And so when we run into loss, when we face loss, all of those things that are a part of grief, the shock and denial that, that in a way protect us from what is too overwhelming to bear because we weren't made for that, the pain and the guilt, the sense of I, I should be able to do something differently to manage this because this isn't how things are supposed to be. The anger, the bargaining, the depression, all of those things are, they're all signposts really that point us to the fact that we were made for a perfect world. We are not living in that perfect world. And we have an opportunity in the middle of that to turn our faces and find God's presence with us in the middle of that, not to alleviate all of that discomfort, but to be with us in it because his presence does not change the fact that we were made for a perfect world and we are not there yet. His presence makes it bearable and gives purpose as we wait and as we are, as we groan in waiting for the redemption that he is creating for us. And Larry went on to talk about as he was wrestling with all of those things that came up with him in him, 
with that initial diagnosis, he talked about he one of the one of the things that helped him that night in his hospital room was a parable given by Augustine of God giving the story of if God came to you and he said, I will give you everything that you want, everything that you would desire that would define what a good life looked like. And for me right now, it's, it would be really easy to define a good life as having a new home. Part of the challenges of the last two months for me have been that my children and I are wanting to move and combine households with my parents who are getting older. We're currently, my kids and I are living in a hundred year old house. We've been displaced for 14 years living in limbo. And I've got two children who are allergic to this house and it's really been difficult. It's been challenging. Plus my parents are getting older. My dad had a mile, what looked like it was going to be a medical crisis. It turned out to be nothing big, but it was a reminder that, that as my parents are getting older, I want to be more available to help them and be with them. And we had been working toward buying a new house that we could all be in together. For the kids and I, this is the fifth time in 14 years, and it was the closest that we had ever gotten to finally having a place to call ours, a place to a nest, to really feel like we could breathe and it was ours. And and it's the closest we've gotten, but the deal fell through shortly before we were supposed to close. And in the middle of that, I had an emergency appendectomy. <laughs> Didn't see that coming at all. And in the on top of the disappointment about the house and the frustration of all of that, physically, I'm really struggling. And there are medical bills that I hadn't anticipated. And now I'm dealing with insurance issues and all of that. It's been a rough two months. And so when Larry wrote about Augustine's thing of everything that you want, boy, I had a list that immediately came to my mind. And I don't know about you, but probably if I asked you, if you and I were sitting together and I asked you, what would you have on your list if you could have anything that you wanted, anything that you would define as a good life? And you probably have not just material things like a good house. You'd probably want things like your kids doing well. Maybe you want to be married. Maybe you want your marriage healed. Maybe maybe you want your body healed. Maybe you're dealing with physical illness or disability that, man, it's just a burden and you would love to see God heal that. There can be so many things that we could legitimately long for and put on our list of what would define a good life, a blessed life. And Augustine goes on to say, if you had, if the Lord came to you and said, I'll give you everything on that list, but you'll never see my face. The shudder that just went through your soul is the love of God, love for God that actually lives within you, that's deeper than those other desires. And when I read that, uh, I 
it was such a good reminder to me in the middle of all of the frustration that I'm dealing with the bills and with the being in limbo and having boxes packed and that I'm navigating and what do we do and looking for another house, all those things, trying to get better. There is something that I want more. There is something that I want more. And Soul Talk is an opportunity, reminds us that there's an opportunity for us in our conversations with one another, either to stir hunger for what matters most, or to feed the self, to numb our, ourselves to what we actually want most. That's a really big difference. And so I would just invite you to go on this journey with us. We're going to be having our book club this, the next three months, and we're going to be talking about this theme in our podcast. What does it look like to have conversations that actually stir life in one another, where instead of just exchanging information but never really getting to the heart of the other person or giving hope, we could do something different just because we have the spirit of God living within us. We can actually stir life in one another and, and do something, have conversations that really matter. One of the things that stood out to me because of this experience over the past couple months and, and, Responses that I got and reminding me of how I've responded to other people and their struggles at various points. Soul talk stirs hunger for what matters most, but it doesn't minimize or deny the pain of what is. I think what was probably most discouraging to me at various times in the past two months was the number of times people would use spiritual language to dismiss the very real struggle that we are actively facing. And so things like, oh, it's okay that the house didn't go through. It just means God has something better for you or things like that. That's not really helpful. <laughs> it's not very helpful. What I appreciated so much was the friends who were willing to listen and wrestle with me and care and ask, what can we do to help? It's wonderful to pray for one another. And if, but it can be one of the things Larry talks about in the book is we don't ever want to use prayer or spiritual truth as a bandaid or as an escape hatch to, so that we can avoid dealing with somebody else's pain or struggle. Like I said, we've all done it. I have certainly been guilty of it plenty of times in my life of wanting to apply information, truth to somebody else's situation instead of listening to what the spirit is doing and coming alongside and actually wanting to point out the beauty of what God is already doing in their heart. That stirs hope. That allows us both to grieve, to acknowledge what is not yet redeemed and not yet as it should be. And that that's painful. But at the same time, 
to lift our eyes to what matters more, that God is here. He is at work. He is redeeming all things that are, that something new is underway that he's doing. And this is what I want to leave you with. This is a short episode that I'm doing today. I'm still recovering, (laughs) but that was what was on my heart really today. When you have conversations with those around you, are your conversations bringing life, not just trying to apply truth, but are you bringing the presence of the spirit of God? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And a friend pointed out to me, I think that order is important, that when we engage people the way that Jesus did, that we embody truth, not we just spout it, but we actually embody truth the way that Jesus did, then we actually can invite them into the life that the Spirit of God has shared with us through Christ. And it can be something that where there's a meeting of souls and encouraging of one another so that we're not simply using God as an escape for our pain, from our pain, but instead that there's an opportunity to actually worship him in the midst of it to say that there's still something greater, something that matters more than this thing that I want that's legitimate to want, that I was created to want. One of the things I think in this journey with the house that I've come to realize was in the midst of the ache, in the midst of the waiting, God has given us the opportunity to enter into his own ache as he waits for the redemption of his children, as he prepares a home for us. And as he waits for that, the longing that he has, I'm suddenly getting a taste of of how much it matters to him by experiencing this ache as we wait. And it was actually through a conversation with some friends that that got stirred, that I realized that was a gift that God was giving me. So I really want to invite you to join us. There are different ways that you can do it during this next quarter. The Our book club, Reading and Relating Book Club, is going to be doing a deep dive into this book where once a month we'll have an online discussion group. We have more than one time frame for, for in which you can do that if you would like to join us. We also have, if you have a local group that you want to meet with, You can get the Soul Talk book and you can get the Soul Cure course, a set of DVDs and workbooks that you could go through where together as a community, as an in-person community, you could walk through how do we have these better conversations that make us more sensitive to what the Spirit of God is doing in us, more aware of how we can be a part of encouraging another person to become a present to the spirit of God at work, instead of having that desire for him covered over by the weight of other things. How do we avoid the kind of conversations 
where we heap burdens on people who are already feeling overwhelmed and walk away feeling like we were so wise because we shared all this truth, whereas they walk away feeling unseen and hopeless and more worn out and exhausted and pressured than ever. So I hope you'll join us. I hope this resonated with you. I think we've all had conversations both that gave life and had conversations that didn't. (laughs) And we've been guilty of that as well. I really hope that you'll join us in the next, in this next quarter. And thank you so much. Share if this podcast is helping you or the book club, the resources that we have, I hope that you'll share them. I hope that you'll pass them along to others. And we would love to hear from you too. And we'd love for you to let us know what would be the best way that we can serve you. Thanks so much for joining us. You can go to larger if you want to sign up for the reading and relating book club. And we'll be back next week. I think Kep and I are going to be meeting with a couple of counselors and talking to them about how soul talk has shaped the way that they serve in the profession of talking with people in a counseling setting. We look forward to having you back next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. If you like what you heard today, hit the like button just below. Then come back by subscribing to our podcast channel. For more resources on relational spirituality, go to our website at largerstory.com.